I'm just so thankful to be here this morning, man. I'm, I was, this morning I was up and I was kind of praying. I'm just, I'm so thankful to be the pastor at Cornerstone. Gosh, I just, it's one of those things that's like, no, I, I mean, thanks for clapping. I just want to, I'm just, I'm spoiled. Gosh, I get to come up here to preach to a bunch of people that are like looking at me like, dude, if you don't bring the word, then sit down. You know what I mean? It's just like. What church has that? And, and just, man, I just, gosh, am I glad to be a shepherd here. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about this morning. What I want to talk about is where we're going as a church. And what I've really tried to do over the last few weeks, and I hope you've caught my drift, the Holy Spirit is essential to where we're going to go as a church. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives personally, in our lives corporately, we can't, we can't accomplish what God's called us to. And so what I tried to lay out in that first aspect is, is this idea that, that, that we need to be a group of people that are led by the Spirit, that walk by the Spirit. And the beauty of those that walk by the Spirit is God will then always take us where He wants us to go. Right? I mean, what a beautiful reality to know that I couple myself to the Holy Spirit and He's always going to get me where I need to be. Not only that, but we talked about this last week, and this is where we kind of landed all of it, starting to talk about where we're going as a church, is there's two places the Spirit is always going to land us. Number one, the Spirit is always going to take us to Christ. Always going to take us to Christ. And the beauty about it is, is that the more I hang around Jesus Christ, the more I know Him and catch His heart, just like any relationship I would have with anyone else, now all of a sudden I now know what it means, the mission to which He called me. I don't just now know it as a concept, I know it as the heart of God impressed upon me because we have spent time with the God of the universe, Jesus Christ. And off of that, we shared this passage in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. And this was kind of the idea of what we meant by, by what this is going to, this relationship with Jesus. And this is maturity. For the love of Christ controls us because we've concluded this that one has died for all, therefore, all those in Jesus Christ have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The greatest way to know maturity in your life is you will start to see yourself living less for yourself and more for Christ. That's maturity. It's not just about morality. It's not just about some of the things we talk about. This is maturity. And this is also, it connects into where we're going as a church. And this is why we're going to kind of lay this out. When you look at our purpose statement, let me kind of throw that up right there. This is what Cornerstone for the last 20 or so years has been about. To give every individual an accurate picture of God. Now here's the key. By helping those who believe become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That's that same idea out of 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. This idea that literally your life will be shaped around Christ instead of yourself. Now here's the, the issue when we get into it. Now go to the slide, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through. There we go. No, not that one. That one. There we go. Now, the passage we're going to be in here today to kind of set the stage for, for both Christian and Terry and Chris to come up. 
centers around this idea then of what is the mission to which Jesus has sent us out on. Now, so in our purpose statement, we, we're going to help you fulfill the mission by helping you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. But the mission is, is that people would get an accurate picture of God. That's what we want to do as a church. We want our community to get an accurate picture of who he is. Now, watch what Paul does in, in 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21 to kind of help us understand how is it then that our world gets an accurate picture of God. Here we go. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Not from Todd, and I really didn't mean that to rhyme. Not from you, not to... All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Go to the next one. Yeah. Therefore, <clears throat> we're ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Cool passage. Now, with it, I think there's two things that I just want to kind of set the stage for us today and get ready for the the, the guys to come up. And here's the first one. The ministry that God has given us is a ministry of reconciliation. Now, in order for us to give an accurate picture to our world of who God is, go with me real quickly just to Romans 5. I want to show you what we mean by the fact that that, that we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. What is this ministry that we've been given? Go to Romans 5 and just look at verse 6. Let Let me just read about five verses for you to kind of get this idea then of if we're going to give an accurate picture of God to the world, what do we what do we need to let the world see and know? And Paul in verse 6 in Romans 5, he lays out exactly what he means as this ministry of reconciliation. And it's going to have everything to do with what we talk about with grow and live and display. It's going to just connect into this. let Let me show you what I'm talking about. For while we were still weak, I love this, at the right time, Christ died, and let me just put, so it's clear, for us, the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Do you get the idea of what this reconciled thing is? You were in big trouble. God desperately loved you. 
And he made it so that the relationship could be restored. Our world desperately needs to not only hear, but to see that while they deserve wrath, and there is a reality of wrath to come at the end, Christ died for them to restore their relationship with the God of the universe. They need to hear that. Our world needs to hear that they're in trouble. Our world needs to understand that they're not in right relationship with God. And so when Paul lays out this idea of the ministry of reconciliation, it has within it an idea. And he said, there's an announcement to the world that we need to make. So in other words, I've heard people before say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to live a good life and hope people come to know Jesus. Your good life might demand an answer, but you need an answer. We need to actually tell people, well, let me tell you about this life. Now, that's the first thing is that, number one, we have a message. And the idea that he says in here, it's reconciliation. This idea that we can be right with God. Not that God needs to be made right with us. He's fine. We can be made right with God. That's the first thing. Now go back to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 21. That text where I have 17 and 21. Not 17 through 21. 17 and 21. Yeah, perfect. You're so good. I'm going to increase your salary. How much do you make? Zero? I'll double it, homie. That's how we roll at Cornerstone. <laughs> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, here's, I'm just going to go through the second thing that proclaims to our world. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, look at this. He is a new creation. What's Paul saying there? Not only that we have a message, but we also have a life that when Jesus Christ saved us, he made us new, didn't he? Man, I look around this room at a bunch of people, that, and you know this because I saw you when you first came to know Jesus. You were a mess. I was a mess. Okay, we're still messes, but the beauty of what it is that Paul's talking about, it's not just a message to the world we have, but the greatest apologetic for Jesus Christ in this world is a transformed life. There's nothing more powerful. All of you in here that know Jesus Christ know that. I look back at my own life and who I was when I first came to know Jesus Christ. I am not the same person that I used to be. Praise, yeah, my wife said the same thing, praise God. It's just this idea in which I'm not the same person. See, the promise of the new covenant isn't just that God will save us from hell, but he'll save us from ourselves. Isn't that awesome? And a lot of you, those of you that know how bad you are as an individual, you're like, oh, I, amen, Todd, come on. Yeah, it's just that thing in which we know this. And Paul also in verse 21, because it's kind of coupled to this, it's kind of cool how he does this. He said, that's why for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So in other words, the reason that the father poured out his wrath upon the son as he bore the, the sin of humanity wasn't just to save us from hell, but the promise of Jesus in Revelation 21 is he said, I did it because I'm going to make all things new. See, sometimes we just think it was about saving us from hell. That is baloney. I like it that I'm not going to hell. We got saved to join the family of God and be included into the greatest mission ever. 
And when we talk about grow, live, display, everything about that in this growing understanding of God and his mission, of living as these groups of people that are committed to Jesus, committed to his mission, committed to each other, when we talk about displaying the the amazing message of the gospel in word and deed into our world so that people might know and follow Jesus Christ, it isn't just cute little grow, live, display statements. It has everything to do with what we believe God is doing in the world. And I believe if our church dives into this and we grow and we live and we display, I believe God is going to do amazing things through this church this year. But we can't settle. There's a lost and a dying world out there that needs to hear God has made it right with them. Their sin is hindering them. But they also need to hear that God will change you. God will change your marriage. God will change your family. God will change your workplace. God will change your finances and not just make you rich. I don't mean that. He will show you what money was intended for and why he, what he's doing around the world. He will change things because God is into making things new. So with that in mind, I'm going to bring up three guys that I love dearly. And they're going to be explaining to you a little bit about Grow, Live, Display if you don't know the first good-looking man coming at me right now, that's Christian. And uh, he oversees uh, Grow. Uh, the second gorgeous man coming at me right now. Where's my money? It's <laughs> Terry Earwood. Yeah. And, our, and our newest guy, and I'll tell you what, he also is a strapping young man that we're glad to have on staff is uh, Chris Cheek. And what I want you to do, now listen to me. We're going to throw a bunch of things at you, okay? Now these things excite me. But that's the context. We want you to join us in what we believe God's called us to do. Amen? Okay, let me turn these guys loose. Thank you, Todd. You're not bad looking yourself. Good morning. Good morning. So last week you got to hear from Chris and I. Praise the Lord we get Terry back with us. He wasn't feeling so hot last week. So glad you're here, man. So as you mentioned, this is, this is the second week of our three-week just kind of vision purpose, what, we, what we're trusting the Lord to do in our midst over 2014. Last week our point was just to say that this idea of grow, live, and display is how we go about accomplishing our purpose statement. It's how we believe that we go about giving every individual an accurate picture of God. It's how we become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And we unpack each one of those statements. What we want to do today is take it down another notch to say, okay, well then what do each one of those look like? Like how do we grow? How do we live? And how do we display? We're going to have some particular things. We're trying to get real specific today. And there's going to be a lot. If you take notes, I would encourage you to take notes. Um, but either way, we were talking about it before, like we want to be able to send these things out to you. If you get our church's weekly emails on our next weekly email, we want to have these specifics on there for you. So if you don't get the emails, grab one of those gray cards at the info booth, the information card and sign up for it so we can get you on the email list. That'd be great. So what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about what are, what are particular are we seeking to do in terms of grow in terms of that. So could you put those statements back up that were just there, Cliff? Maybe. There it is. That we want to be people who are growing in our understanding of God and his mission. What's that going to look like? Well, I have three kind of specific things to point out to you for this year. 
For instance, one, the first, the thing that, that, that Todd did so well as he took us to 2 Corinthians 5 is we look at this, like there's so much we and us language in that passage. God is on a mission of reconciling the world to himself, and he is entrusted to us the message and the ministry of reconciliation. If this is an us thing and not just a me thing, this is not just about me seeking to give an accurate picture of God, but us together. And so to start with, if we don't even know each other, we can't make this an us thing, right? So one of the things that we started doing last year that we're doing again this year is kind of our main connecting point. If you're here and whether you've been here for 10 years or 10 minutes, if you're feeling like you're lacking connection within this body, one of the main things that we have is a four-week kind of introductory class that we call Cornerstone 101. Some of you guys have gone through that, but Cornerstone 101 is kind of this, this main entry point to uh, getting connected here at Cornerstone. The next class is starting up February 2nd. Now, I know some of you guys might be going, wait a second, that's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, but it's at 11 o'clock. The game doesn't start till like 3.30. And if you have to listen to five hours of talking heads talking about the game, I would encourage you, no, you're okay. You can wait till kickoff. It's okay. So 11 o'clock, February 2nd, we're going to be starting this class, and it's just a four-week thing that just lets you know who we are as a church. Here's kind of the point behind it. Uh, This is based upon some amazing artwork by Todd. Um, He was asking the question in one of our pastor's meetings, how would a a guy or a girl or a couple just go, how do I get connected? Rather than saying, okay, we'll talk to this of one of 25 different people, here's one place you can go. You can come to Cornerstone 101. For four weeks, we'll talk with you about the, the history of Cornerstone, where we've been, what the Lord's done with us over 20 years. We'll talk about our purpose. We'll talk about what we believe. We'll talk about the different ministries and groups that we have that you can be a part of. And we'll also talk about membership. We'll say, look, if the Lord is calling you to be a part of this church, then, then make that commitment obvious. Make it stated. Make it visible that you are covenanting to join us in what we believe God's calling us to do. That's the point of Cornerstone 101. But it's not to stop there. It's to move you into connectedness within groups because like that live statement, we want to be a group of people who are living together in commitment to Christ, his mission, and each other. We're calling those common groups. Now, I'm going to let Terry explain that more to you guys in a second. But the purpose of a common group is not just to stay together by themselves, but that this is how you gather together in order to be committed to Christ's mission, in order to display the gospel out to the world around you. See those nifty little arrows? That's the point. We're going to talk more about what those common groups are going to look like. But if you're looking to get connected, again, this is not just for people who are new to the church. If you've been here for 15 years, but over the last couple years you just kind of pulled away, Come get that connected. Cornerstone will be a great, Cornerstone 101 will be a great way to do that. You can go on the website, cornerstonecme.com, click grow. You'll find the link to sign up for that class right now. Um, we're going to be doing that class like three or four more times this year. So if February 2nd doesn't, well, that, that starting date doesn't work for you, we'll have more coming. So first off, it's a we mission, so we got to know each other. Secondly, if we're going to be a group of people who are growing in our understanding of God and his mission, then the way that we do that is through his word. We know God through his word. It is his revelation of himself to us. Now, we grow in his word in a lot of different ways in a lot of what we do. That's why we preach from the, from the Bible on Sundays. That's why your kids are learning about it over in children's ministry. That's why in basically everything that we do, we're opening up the Bible and studying it together. But over the last year, we started to put together some particular classes that are really just based around helping you know how to handle this book on your own. And so we've put together three different classes that we're going to be continue offering this year. The first one we're calling is a, a, Enjoying the Bible. This is kind of an introductory class of just saying, here's what the Bible is. Here's why it's so important. And then here's how to go about 
developing a daily habit of reading it, of spending time in it, of finding the enjoyment that there is to find in God's Word. That's a four-week class. It's going to be starting up on February 12th. Then we have another class that's kind of the next level after that, where it's, it's moving in addition to reading God's Word into, okay, how do I study it? How do we, not just on, a, on an individual basis, but how do we together as God's people study God's Word? Look carefully at what, he sa- what it says. Seek to understand it so that we, we can have confidence that we're not just taking our own personal impression of it, but what, it actually, what He actually means by it. That one, because it's kind of the second step after enjoying your Bible, that one will be starting up in March. And the third class that we have is called Story of God. This is one where then we step back and we say, okay, there's 66 books of the Bible. It's not 66 different stories, but each one of those fit together to tell this overarching story of how God is reconciling the world to himself. How do we look at the Bible in this one overarching story? Because if that story is true, then it must be the defining reality for us. It must be the lens through which we view life. So that class is our longest class. It's a 12-week class because kind of in the first half of it, we walk through the story of God. And in the second half, we go, okay, here's how you look at different issues in life through the, the lens of that story. So that one's going to be starting up February 12th as well. All of these classes, Cornerstone 101, Enjoying the Bibles, uh, and uh, Story of God, you can sign up for those right now. Just go to cornerstone.seeming.com, click on Grow. Come join us. It's, it's a great time. But these classes, they're, they're, they're termed for a reason. Because our goal is not just to have us sit in classes in perpetuity, but instead, with this equipping, then to go out and display the gospel together as his people. And that's kind of what the last thing is. I mentioned in that diagram that our goal is to get every individual, every believer at Cornerstone engaged within one of our common groups. Well, one of the things that I'm putting together with a team of of people here is uh, something, it's like an eight-week introductory curriculum or study for these common groups. We're calling it the Grow, Live, Display Primer. Now, some of you guys uh, might have different thoughts of some, like, maybe some grammar primer you had to do in, in elementary school or something like that. We like the term primer simply because I think of it almost like, like paint primer. Like, you put the primer on first that prepares the surface for the final coat, right? That's what we see this study is doing, is here's how we gather a group of people together, get us on the same page, not with necessarily all lining out, here's what we do, but more, here's the heart that ought to drive us as a group of people who are living in commitment to Christ, his mission, and each other. Um, this is going to be a great thing. As some of the groups, I know uh, if you guys are engaged in groups, some groups already have studies that are currently going on. So we're not putting like a hard and fast, you got to start it in February. But we are asking all of our common groups to plan to go through this at some time during this year because we think it's going to be just a foundational way to either orient a new group or reorient an existing group around going, what is it that God has called us to do? The end goal of this primer is that each group would be able to develop what we're calling a mission charter, a, 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 a strategic plan for the next year. That this primer is not to spell out, here's, here's what you need to do, but instead, here's the heart that needs to drive this group. And then to turn you loose, to seek the Lord, to go, God, with the particular makeup of this group, how do you have us join you? In this mission, so those are kind of the three specifics uh, for grow this year. And um, I would just say this: if, if you're not currently engaged in one of our common groups, this year is a great time to do that. Especially like as as the groups are going to be going through this primer, even if it's a group that's been going on for three or four years, as they're kind of reengaging and reorienting around that primer, it, it gives you a great opportunity to kind of step in midstream and be inserted right into the middle of the conversation. So I'm going to let ta- Terry talk to you more about how it is that you get engaged in these common groups. Thank you, Christian. 
Uh, thank you, too, for those who've been praying for me. Uh, I appreciate every prayer that was lifted up on my behalf, so thank you. Um, yeah, I've get, I get the privilege of um, living out uh, this mission that we've been called to here at Cornerstone. And uh, my, uh, my one accomplishment, I want to make sure I uh, bring forth to you today in clarity, is what is a common group? Because you've heard that term multiple times. And so before I go into a list of all the common groups that we have currently going on, let me just uh, give you kind of an idea. There's four pillars, there's four foundations that uh, we hope that takes place in each of our common groups. The first one is a common group is a place that we gather together to practice the one another. So the one another's in scripture, love one another, encourage one another. Right? Be kind to one another. So the scriptures have multiple one another's. And so the common group gives us a group of people living together, practicing the one another. The second thing it does is uh, a group should celebrate their life in Christ. We, if we have become new creations in Christ Jesus and, and the old is gone, then we ought to celebrate that as often as we can. And the more knowledge we get of Christ, the more we're growing in our knowledge of him, the more we have to celebrate. And so the third thing that uh, we like to see that's common and foundational in these common groups is that we get to share in the needs and in the burdens of one another. This is huge, guys. You did that for me over the last three weeks. You've been praying for me. Some of you entered into my burden through prayer. And this is a privilege, I think, that if we're not careful, we miss out on a great gift God's given us as a body of believers. And that is to be there, to be in the lives of others. And so we share in each other's needs. We share, uh, you know, in each other's burdens. And then the last thing is that this group of people, we have an opportunity. And that opportunity is participate in the Great Commission. The command that Jesus said to go forth in all the world. And so we do that not only individually, but a common group gives us the privilege of doing that with other believers as we display that out in our community or wherever it is that our common group is focused on, okay? So that's what takes place within the common groups. Now, what are some of the common groups that we have going on here at Cornerstone? Well, we have 21 neighborhood groups right now that are going on. Most of those groups are based on ge- geography. Some of them are based on a, communi- a, a wider community. But for the most part, there are people coming together in neighborhoods. We also have, with our adult common groups, we have a dozen men's groups that meet throughout the week. We have a dozen women's groups that meet throughout the week. We have singles. We have a bide, which is our mid-20s to mid-30s. We have a bound, which is our mid-30s to mid-50s. It's a common group for our singles, adult singles. We also have our student groups. We have Ascent, which is our 5th and 6th grade ministry. We have our Junior High Impact, which is 7th and 8th grade. We have Rock, which is our ninth through 12th high school ministry. And then we have Catalyst, our college ministry. So those are common groups for our students to live out their faith together. And in a common mission, a common devotion to Christ, right? And a common mission of displaying the gospel, all right? And then we have local outreach and we have benevolence groups. Uh, we have a funeral ministry. It's a group of people that come together to uh, uh, put funerals on here, to come alongside families that are grieving and 
maybe have not had a plan of a funeral and they come together. It's amazing what our ministry, our funeral ministry does. We, we have far over 30 a year and hundreds of, of lives come into this sanctuary and hear a message of the gospel through the preaching at a funeral that may never uh, hear that message. And so it's a great ministry. We also have um, pads uh, for our homeless. Uh, it's a group of people that come together to uh, have a shared mission for our homeless and also our food pantry. Uh, every Monday morning, a group of people come together and throughout the week, they prepare that food pantry. Um, we have foster care families support group. Uh, we have over 50 families within Cornerstone that are part of the foster uh, family care for Ventura County and L.A. County. And so this, uh, this group comes together and meets one another's needs and they share in these disciplines and these foundations we talked about. And then there's home front teams. Uh, there's groups of uh, people, you guys living together, who adopt a missionary. And through adoption of that missionary, you share in their needs. You take care of them when they're here on furlough. You uh, pray for them when they're out on the mission field. And so that's a home front team. And then in addition to these what we call common groups, there are some other ministries. One is a counseling ministry that we have. It's a twofold ministry for us. The counseling ministry, uh, the first link of that is to train us. Many of you are in situations in your common groups where you have someone come to you for counsel. The counseling center provides training for you to help you to give biblical counseling for those in the body or even outside the body that come to you. And then secondly, through the counseling center, anyone who's a member of Cornerstone can take advantage of that. Whatever the situation in your life, whether it's grief counseling uh, you, you've lost a loved one. Whatever the need is, you can go and get counseling. And uh, you can do that through uh, our front office with Rhonda. And then the last area is our children's. And so uh, it's not just on the weekends while you're in this service that our children's ministry is going on. But there's a group of people committed to the raising up of our children and to be ambassadors uh, that are, we train our children to be ambassadors as they go forth and as they grow and mature in the Lord. And so those are all the kind of groups that we have currently going on. Now, that we're not okay with that. We want more. In fact, in 2014, we would like to see 10 to 15 more groups. Doesn't have to fit into one of these categories that I said, but we would love to see more groups sprout up out there within you guys. Um, and in closing, let me just say a couple of ways of connecting to these home groups. Because I, I threw a lot of uh, different common groups at you, threw a lot of ministry opportunities, and then you're going, well, that's great. How did I get connected? You didn't say anything about that. Okay. Thanks for asking. Today you can pick up a common groups folder. Okay. In there you will have several listings. You'll have the adult offerings uh, listed in here of, the, of our common groups. And so you can pick one of these up on your way out. You can also check it anytime. Anytime you're here around the campus, you can go to our info booth. We've got everything from children's all the way through our common groups. So please uh, go by the info booth if you get a chance. Also, um, you can call the church office. You can call Diana Norton specifically, or you can email her. And say, hey, Diana, send me a list of when things meet and who leads them and all that kind of stuff. And Diana will be all over it. All right. Uh, and then the last way is you can go to our website. 
And we have a list of all of our common groups and, again, the information you need. So we got a lot going on. God is at work in many of your lives. And it's such a thrill to, to know as a pastor of this church that I get to be a part of watching God live through you and through me as we live out the gospel for the greater purpose that he's given us. So love for you to jump on and be part of one of these common groups in 2014. I think, I really think your life will be different if you'll just take that step of faith and jump on in with us. All right. Thanks, Terry. Well, I think a goal here definitely is all hands on deck. And over the past, you know, 30 minutes or so last week, next week, we're just going to be talking about, you know, when, when people ask, well, what, is, what are we doing? What, what are we doing uh, in terms of local body life as a church? Or what are we doing in terms of mission as a church? Or what opportunities are there to get engaged? We want to make it simple for you to discover what those opportunities are and how to get plugged in. The whole display area, a lot of people are like, well, you're the display pastor. What does display mean? Well, basically, it's anything that we're doing that is externally focused. That's an outward vision. It's taking the love of Jesus Christ to the streets. I like that idea of what display ministry is. It's taking Jesus Christ to the streets, both in word and deed so that others might know him. And with a group of people, both uh, thinking globally as well as locally, We've just prayerfully thought through in 2014 and definitely uh, bleeding over into 2015, what do we believe God is asking us to be a part of as we're displaying through word and deed the good news of Jesus? And so just going to run through these initiatives. I'll, I'll highlight a little bit more in detail some of them. But I'd love for you to come up to me, email, the, email me, contact the church. I have an assistant that's working alongside of me, Ruby Turner. Ask us. For more information, ask us how to get plugged into some of these initiatives. So the first one I want to talk about is this idea of a mission charter. Christian mentioned it a minute ago. It's, it's a mission charter, even the word charter, is basically an agreement, an understanding, a commission of what we want to be about as a group. We have all these different ministry areas. We have all these different community groups, students, singles, adults. And it's really asking the question... As a group, what are we going to believe God for in this upcoming year? Because I know firsthand, being involved in many, many new ministry startups, that if you don't have a vision of where you're going, you're not going to end up anywhere. It's going to be a Bible study and chips and dip. And and that's not all bad, but we also want to make sure that you're thinking, that you're praying, that you're discussing, that you're planning. God, what would you have us be about as a group of people? And so as a part of this eight-part uh, primer study, and really just a, a handbook on Grow, Live, Display. That's why it's so important to get into a common group to go through this primer. We want to we end that discussion about the primer on, on really drafting or coming up with a written plan. Some of you know that 90% of what gets done in your life and in the world gets wrote down. It's written down. That's our goal to help you as pastors and staff and elders and leaders to really think through a direction, a purpose, an aim, a target uh, for your common group and ministry. Because if we do that, chances are we're going to hit that target. And we're going to continue to be fruitful as, as ministry areas, groups, and as a church. So that's the first, the common group's mission charter. 
Secondly, establishing a local display team. When I first arrived here, I was, I was, I was taken back that for many years, this church has assembled a global ministry team. This is a team of volunteers, you know, just like the, the guys running Pro Presenter back there, not getting paid a whole lot. Um, but it's a team of volunteers that just resonate with God's heart for the world. I've been all over the country, all over the world, been to a lot of different churches. I am so impressed about this church's desire to walk and send people out into the mission field, to walk with our missionaries. But what I, what I didn't see and what even the elders and some of the pastors were, were wanting us to think about is what about a local missions team? In other words, those of us that resonate with the needs right here in Simi Valley in this region in L.A., and, and what would it look like to put together a team of people or maybe multiple teams that would really think about how are we displaying Christ in word and deed right here in our backyard? And so two weeks ago, I met with this, this first team of about seven or eight people to begin to pray and dream and think about how can we equip and mobilize our body into local missions? So it's thinking through multiple teams that would come alongside of us as a church and mobilize us and to say, hey, what are the needs right here to display Christ? In the coming weeks, in the next couple of months, we're going to be getting an opportunity, whether it's through email, maybe it's a form online that you fill out, maybe it's a card that you get at the info booth, but we want input from you. What are your special interests, your passions, your skills, your talents? Maybe some things we've never even thought of, but we want input to see what could we do together that none of us should or could do alone. So be looking for that. We'll be talking more about this local display ministry. The third is just reintroducing short-term missions. We're we're planning a trip to Uganda this summer. I've talked to several of you who said, hey, we used to do missions trips all the time. Well, we want to make sure we're doing them purposefully. But at the same time, I I said last night, I, I wouldn't be up here as a missions pastor if it wasn't for myself being exposed to what God was doing around the world. That's one of the best ways to introduce people to being on mission. Whether they're staying at home here or being sent out abroad, it's introducing people to short-term missions. So you're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks. We need more people helping with global missions. We've got so many missionaries serving around the world, so many organizations that we're interfacing with. We need more people that resonate with more of the global heartbeat that God has to come alongside of us and help us. Please contact us if you'd love to come alongside and help with global ministry. The fifth thing is establishing a clear process for sending people out. Cornerstone has always resonated with God's heart, like I just said, that we want to live our life for that which matters. We want to be a part of something much greater than ourselves. And we have sent people out in droves to plant churches, to be missionaries. But we have to make sure that those of us in the pipeline of being sent out are being prepared well. We're sending people out well. And if you'd love to see kind of our pipeline process, we're already putting together uh, evaluation opportunities, training opportunities, and, and really walking with people as God is sending more people out. And then lastly, I would say I'm, I'm excited about this as I'm excited about anything, and that is helping people discover how to display the gospel in every area of their life. Really, this is about those of us that are saying, you know what, I'm not sure God's calling me to go overseas or go into full-time vocational missions. I'm right here in Simi Valley in this region. 
That's most of us. And how are we walking with those of us in our home life, in our jobs, at schools, in our neighborhoods, in our play, where we eat, where we shop, to really be fruitful for Jesus Christ right here in everyday, ordinary life? Last week, a couple of weeks ago, I met with Alan Waters. Alan has been around and has been a part of this church since the beginning. He's just recently, and the Lord has just stirred in his heart a passion for his co-workers at Bank of America. And he said, Chris, I've thought about this 90-70 principle. I said, 90-70? What are you talking about, Alan? Well, this idea that 90% of people in the church will spend 70% of their lives in the workplace, their vocation. And it really got me to thinking, that is our greatest area of display ministry, isn't it? 70% of our lives around people that need Jesus in the workplace, but not just at work. It could be at home, if you're a homemaker, in your neighborhood, your playgroups. It could be at school. But really intentionally having a plan, just like we want to have a plan to send people out, what is our plan to walk with people in everyday life to really be these ambassadors of Jesus Christ that we're talking about? So what does this look like? In the coming weeks, Terry said it, Christian said it, We want to make it easy for you to get plugged in. You're going to hear about these opportunities and initiatives up on stage. You're going to see them. We're getting ready to launch a new website. In the next week or two, we'll let you know about that. Much more easy to navigate, sign up for things, ask questions, give input, and definitely at the info booth. Talk to leaders. Talk to pastors. I think the goal here, again, I want to reiterate it, is don't miss out this year on getting plugged in to growing, living, and displaying to the glory of God. Okay, deep breath. We just unloaded the truck on you guys, didn't we? (laughs) All right. Well, let me wrap this up. And by the way, Cliff Cliff is the uh, pro presenter today. So Cliff, uh, you probably won't have a long line for those. We, we probably won't have a long line of volunteers that want to do pro presenter anymore, huh? <laughs> well, let me wrap it up by saying a couple of things. One, from, from the bottom of the heart of me and the elders and staff here at Cornerstone, thank you. Thank you so much for your involvement in this mission that God's given us. So many of you over 2013, you sacrificed your time, you sacrificed financially, you, you've given of yourself in ways and means that you thought, I'll never do that, or I never could be in that group of people. And man, they're weird. Why are we here? And yet, you know what? God has done a tremendous work through many of you. And you've been a change agent. You've been a part of the work that God's accomplished through His Spirit and through His truth, changing not only your life, but those you've been involved in. The second thing that uh, I just can't get through my mind, which is, doesn't take long. But the, the second thing is, why? Why me? Why you? Why are we here? God, why would you choose to put us here in this time of history, in this place called Simi Valley in greater L.A.? Why would you call us all together? Why would you move on our hearts? Why... Spirit of God, would you put within us this desire to be around this group of people that come in week in and week out and meet together that we call a family of God? Why would you do that unless you had something greater that you wanted to accomplish through us? 
Because most of us, we wouldn't want to go home with those that are sitting next to us. We wouldn't even want to go to work with most of them. And yet, from all different backgrounds, from faith journeys that are incredible when you get to hear people's faith journey and how they came to Christ and how they've been growing in the Lord. And here we are from, from various parts of the country, all together here in this season for this time. It's an Esther moment. It's a Mordecai moment. What are we doing, God, with what you've given us here in Simi Valley right now today? What is it? Are you ready to answer that? Are you ready to join in the commitment of what God has led us to as a church and as a body to be about? The carrying out of the grow, live, display in this region. Well, this is an invitation for all of you. Because two things that really drive this invitation. One is, it's our desire as leaders and as staff and as elders that you be involved in this great mission that God's given us. That you be a part of it because our heart yearns for that. We know what happens when you avail yourself, when you surrender yourself to what God has for you whether it's in your workplace or whether it's in your school, whether it's at the ball field. We know God can work through you in great ways. The second thing is, it's fun to be a part of your lives. You have given me a privilege and my family a privilege privilege over the last seven and a half years to do life with many of you. Not only have we come alongside of you in times of celebration and joy, but times of Uh, of hurt and and times of loss and pain. And there's something about the body of Christ when we get together and we live this life, we get to share in the times of joy and we get to share in the times of love and we get to share in the times of meeting needs. But you know what? We get to also share in the times of struggle and of pain and of loss and of sickness and of sin in this world. And when we come together, there's something about as we meet and as we depart, there's a, new, there's a new faith. There's a new power of faith in our step. There's hope that's been given to us because the Word and the testimonies of others have encouraged us to be about something greater and to see that this life here on earth is but a few years and then passes. And so, I plead with you today. Get involved. It's for everyone, old, young. Maybe you're sitting there. Maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm too calm to get involved. Don't let the calmness keep you from going, right? Because we need cranky and calm together. Because a lot of you are cranky. And we need cranky and calm together. Here's what else we need. We need senders. Because a lot of you are senders. But we need doers too, Right? We also need know-it-alls, and then we need those that I represent that know nothing at all. (laughs) We also need those who are mild, and we need those who are wild. (laughs) And we we need each of us and each of you not to have any excuses so that you'll have no regrets. And so when the enemy comes into our lives... We'll have no retreat. You like that? All right.
let me see if I can do this. All right. Here's my prayer over us in 2014. This is out of Psalm 90, beginning in verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants. Make it clear to us, O God. And your glorious power to even our children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. And Lord, would you please establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, Lord, establish the work of our hands. Let's go get them.